Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my esteemed host for the last 14 years of doing this podcast is with us today, as she always is. And, you know, between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders to perform in the top 10%. And we're always looking for some of that critical information, tips, tools that will help you move into the top 10% as a leader. This top 10%, it's a tipping point, and we know that people who get there, which are hopefully many of all of you, perform better than people in the 89th and below, significantly better. So it's many times doing a few things differently, many times it's doing a few things more, many times it may be doing a few things less, and we want to give you some tips and tools. Uh, Today, we're going to bring on Dr. Katrina Burrell, so we'll give you her bio in a moment, but she's going to help us talk about how do you transform brilliant jerks into inspiring leaders. And so we'll get her to talk more you know, about what is a brilliant uh, jerk and then what can you do? We all have had those folks in our um, <coughs> work world. And so before we go any further, let me bring on Kathy. Hey, Relly. I'm so excited today to hear about what we do <laughs> with, with yes. the jerks in, in our life, because all of us have them, and uh, we may even be those jerks for all we know, but hopefully we'll learn more about that today as well. Right, right. <laughs> That's funny. Hopefully we're not, <clears throat> we're not those jerks to others, but if we are, we may, we may have to manage ourselves, so we'll learn some of those tips. <laughs> Yeah, well, I know you're not a jerk, and for those of you who are listening to us, you know that Dr. Relly Nadler is is my esteemed friend, uh, colleague, uh, and uh, co-host here on the Voice America Leadership Development News Program. And, uh, of course, you know that Relly is a thought leader in emotional intelligence, executive coaching, and positive psychology. He's a master-level certified executive coach a psychologist, a corporate leadership and team trainer, and he works with organizations and specifically healthcare companies. He has authored seven books currently, including our new book, Emotional Brilliance, Living uh, Your uh, Best, Stressless, Fearless Life. Uh, his book, Physician Burnout, which of course uh, is, you know, at this point uh, a bedside staple for every doctor uh, around the world, and, of course, leading uh, with emotional intelligence. He has a free app called Leadership Keys with videos and lots of tips and tools you can get at your app store, and it's totally free. And you can also hear him uh, on many of our podcasts and in our new Emotional Brains Academy. If you go to eblifebook backslash academy, or emotionalbrilliance.com, you're going to see so many resources that Relly has shared from his popular blog on psychology today, as well as a seven-day free trial of our Emotional Brilliance Academy, which we hope you will enjoy. And we're really excited for you to see why it's the best time for you to take your emotional intelligence skills to the next level. So I'm excited about the show today, and I I can't wait to learn more, Rally. This is going to be a great yeah. show. Well, thank you, Kathy. Let me just say a, a quick word for you. And this is really f- for our listeners who are probably new, for some of, for some of the folks who know us. Like, okay, here they go again. Um, but I think for we are new folks, uh, so that you really know yeah, Dr. Kathy Greenberg. So Kathy is, is the author of nine books, and many of you know from some of her bestsellers, What Happy Companies Know, What Happy Mothers Know, also, Fearless Leaders, um, Sharpen Your Focus, which is really zeroing in on one of her specialties, is working with law enforcement, 
um, people who are in the military, you know, and, and just the service that Kathy does for so many of these leaders. Uh, and she is a, a staple in training and coaching, especially now what we know to, you know, help law enforcement, you know, move forward through these challenging times. And Kathy and I are the co-author, like we mentioned, with Emotional Brilliance. And you can also see uh, Kathy's brilliant face, as, as many things that we have on Emotional Brilliance Academy, uh, our videos, we have tools, we have tips. And then Kathy also has a free iPhone app called Your Happiness Now. So, Kathy, I'm gonna, let me just introduce Katrina, and then we'll, we'll bring yeah, uh, Katrina on. And so we're always, with emotional brilliance, this idea of looking at, in the moment, what do you do? In the moment, what do you say? Um, and the more we can front load this with information, training, you know, then it's easier to uh, retrieve this. So Dr. Katrina Burroughs um, is the CEO and founder of Exec- Excellent Executive Coaching, LLC, and what she's known for fast-tracking leaders into the C-suite and beyond. Uh, we talked about uh, her book, Transforming Brilliant Jerks into Inspiring Leaders, so we're going to zero in on that. And uh, we'll also t- talk about some of her other uh, books that she's had, one around global leadership. So she really has uh, worked you know, over, really all over the world. She's worked with companies like Nestle, uh, Nestle's, Novartis, World Health Organization, the International Labor Organization, the United Nations, and then more recently featured in Mexico, India, uh, U.S., Kazakhstan, and Russia. So she's got a broad reach of where she's reached in in health coaches, and and we'll be trying to tap that to bring some of the information to you, our listeners. So, Katrina, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's just so wonderful to have thought leaders being interviewed by such prestigious thought leaders. So thank you for this opportunity. So, Katrina, we always love to uh, to start our program by, by asking our guests to tell us a little bit about who have been the influencers, the biggest influencers in your life that have brought you to where you are today. I think I would say three people. One was the CEO of Nestle, who then became chairman and now is recently retired. It's Peter Brabeck. I think he gave me uh, the first real important uh, project, and uh, that gave me the confidence to start my own business. I think uh, my mother for her faith in me. And then uh, I would say uh, the... Um, the brilliant but a little bit abrasive leaders I've had in my life and in my personal life as well that uh, has made me uh, think about this subject and research it. Oh, that's good. Well, we're excited to hear that, especially what you, you know, I'm sure you're going to be sharing what you've learned from those brilliant and sometimes abrasive leaders, like as you're saying, um, before we kind of jump into that, so give us just for, you know, for our listeners, kind of what's the scope of your practice? And I know, you know, Kathy and I do training. We do a lot of strategic training. We do executive coaching. Um, you know, we have our platform. But kind of maybe give us the scope of, of what you provide to folks. So I, I do. I'm obviously an executive coach. I help leaders uh, fast-track to the C-suite and also help smart leaders be even more savvy. And uh, the other is um, is consulting work to see the culture of the company and do research work to see what is an enabler for change and what is resisting to any kind of change. So that's one. I do re- qualitative research work a lot in my practice. And... Uh, uh, coaching is a very important part. It's, again, uh, one is to add EQ to their IQ, and the other is also to have them succeed in a new assignment. And then, so one last thing before we jump in there, where are you based? Like, where is most of your work? 
so I grew up, I'm an American uh, and Swiss, and I grew up in Switzerland. So that's where I, Swi- Geneva, Switzerland is very international, has a huge, uh, uh, it's the UN's there, all the UN organizations are there, and you have a lot of pharmaceuticals, uh, perfume companies. So that's uh, where I basically did most of my professional life, and I have recently moved to Las Vegas uh, three years and a half ago. Oh, so really? That's, uh, yeah. So it's really, yeah, Las you know, Vegas even is, in coach. Oh, pardon me? I was just going to say Las Vegas is a little different. From, different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, it must be a little bit of a cultural assimilation there. Yeah. What, what brought you to Las Vegas? That is an interesting switch. Uh, well, that's because I I divorced, so <laughs> that's right. So I thought a new beginning, a continent, a new continent, a new uh, experience. Um, I'm also yeah. American, so uh, it was nice to go back to your roots in some ways. Yeah. So that's uh, in Vegas because my son was doing hotel school here. Oh, okay. That's great. Well, certainly. Yes, yeah, so it's very different because it's really a almost a pioneer place, you know, where... Uh, entrepreneurship is thriving here, I must say. And uh, yeah. Switzerland is an older culture with more traditional, yeah. more conservative. So it's, um, but I've been doing that. I lived in Spain, I lived in Italy and Germany. So I've, I'm used to starting and having new beginnings with totally different cultures. Oh, that's great. So, yeah. Uh, tell us a little ahead, bit. Kat. Yeah, tell us a little bit about how um, you personally in your work integrate uh, the the concepts uh, of emotional intelligence uh, into your coaching and how how do you find it helpful to these brilliant but uh, abrasive leaders, as you call them? <laughs> well, usually they're extreme, the brilliant jerks, as I call them affectionately. I know that doesn't sound like that, but let's say... It's uh, they're absolutely brilliant in an area. There might be good good experts, engineers, or it could be, for example, that a hospital wanted to attract a, a top-notch surgical or heart surgeon, and then they find out that no nurse really wants to work with them. So interpersonally, he can't manage people that well, or he alienates people. So that's uh, where. The focus is not on on having them be better professionals. It's having them having them better interpersonal skills, uh, be inspirational, uh, lead better, uh, empower others uh, to develop themselves so that they're less dependent on the star, which is the brilliant person, the brilliant leader. So, for you know, example, uh, to go back, yeah, to go back to that example, the top-notch surgeon says that the hospital has been waiting years to draw him into the hospital. Well, now this person needs to learn how to teach other people to have more know-how and to be better, and not demotivate them, but inspire them to be better people. And, and does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, that was great. And that's so important, and I think it is the kind of the emotional intelligence skills, which really um, have so many different competencies. We all three of us know about leadership and leadership competencies, and Kathy and I like the emotional intelligence competencies, you know, which depending on the model, there's 15 or other ones are a little bit more. Most of all the leadership competencies fall under that, you know, what do you know about yourself, what do you know about others, how do you manage yourself, how do you manage others. I know I listened to your uh, podcast that you have on uh, www.excellentexecutivecoaching.com with excellentexecutivecoaching.com. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, podcast. with, with Robin Hill, who's got a lot of stuff out there uh, in regards to online stuff in emotional intelligence, and I think the idea of there's all these competencies, and especially under, I imagine for dealing with the brilliant jerks, there's a lot of those competencies that they don't have. So before we jump into that, I hear that we're going to go to our 
first break. And so why don't we do that, and then we'll come back, and we'll get a series of questions that we want to ask Katrina, you know, just about the brilliant jerks. So you've been listening to Leadership Development News. Come right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Icy Tech, like the hardworking men and women that get up every day and do their job. The ones that stop at nothing to make sure that it's done right. It's not just an effort. It's not just know-how. It's a way of life. Icy Tech has been with you since 1998. And with the veteran community being behind you, we understand. With quality, with passion, we follow you in this way of life. Icy Tech, for those who get it. Icy Tech is a proud sponsor of the Emotional Brilliance Academy, where e-learning is leading edge. How can you be brilliant in the moment, given the daily challenges you face at work and home? How can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses? Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple, trusted, evidence-based tips and tools. They have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams, and your organization. The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common-sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program, enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We are having a wonderful conversation here with Katrina Burris on her new book, Brilliant Jerks. Uh, I am really fascinated by this whole conversation, Katrina, because I have had uh, a lot of experience with brilliant jerks in my in my career. And as you know, you know, Relly and I are both ICF certified. Uh, coaches and uh, in fact I met Sandy uh, was a host at, uh, was a guest at his house he hosted a bunch of us who were from the ICF board in Arizona and uh, you know it's amazing we all start talking about the experiences we've had with brilliant people who are so good at what they do <clears throat> but they just don't have that um, that personal touch uh, to be able to get people to really be motivated to give them the extra mile. Tell us a little bit about your view of coaching today and um, a little bit about the things that, um, that you like to speak to and train about or train on. Yes, so I'll start by the last question is what I like to speak on. Uh, I have a process uh, to help uh, develop emotional intelligence. So first it's self-awareness like most coaches do. With, like Daniel Goldman said, if you don't have self-awareness, you can't have social awareness, so you have only 4% chance. Uh, so that's the first process. And then it's boss awareness is really the first step for these brilliant jerks to uh, project uh, how and understanding their boss, because they're motivated to understand their boss usually. And then it's team awareness is another emotional intelligence to develop, 
stakeholder awareness. And last but not least is also cultural awareness because somebody might be considered a brilliant jerk in a Swiss environment, for example, that are consensus-based or in Japanese environment, but in Russia, it's normal. So that cultural awareness is very important to evaluate whether someone is really considered a jerk uh, or not. So that's, uh, that's one, uh, I think, and to tie it in to the ICF certified, I think it's essential to be IC certified, and I'll explain why I was, but I think they also need to integrate in their competencies cultural awareness. I think that would be, uh, uh, if people want to coach across cultures, that would be a good, uh, good competency to develop. So ICF certified is essential, and more and more companies are asking that coaches be ICF certified. I think it, uh, they're thorough. It's the, the International Coach Federation is uh, one of the best known and the biggest association. I think now it's called International Coaching Federation. So they've just recently changed their name. Uh, there is more and more internal coaches of companies. That is, companies are trying to save money and developing their own internal coaches. You, one might wonder if the confidentiality is uh, really kept but uh, that is a trend that I saw not already for several years, I would say even the last 10 years. And now also individual coaches are have finding competition by big companies where they found that, uh, that they use a, a group of coaches uh, to have a large volume. Well, when I started in 2002, when I first was the first master certified coach in Switzerland, well, there wasn't, you know, the big companies, the big accounting companies that were doing some form of coaching was not, were not interested really in doing one-on-one coaching. And so in Switzerland, and that has radically changed. Big companies are developing coach-specific companies. So uh, that's, I see, a trend. I think it will be essential to be certified. And that's so good to, uh, to hear. And the reason we had that, that question, Katrina, I saw that you just you know, did something on your website about that and certification. And, and both Kathy and I are in the faculty of what's called the College of Executive Coaching. As a matter of fact, I just finished doing a, our supervision class where people you know, want to get certified. They go through this College of Executive Coaching and they present cases and stuff, so I wanted you to kind of say a little bit about that. But let's kind of zero in on what brought you to write about the brilliant jerk, and kind of maybe the background will lead into that, and, and we'll kind of get some more ideas about how we deal with that. So what, you know, what brought that as a topic for you to zero in on? Well, because I think I had a stepfather that was a brilliant jerk, very, very brilliant, but uh, interpersonally, uh, uh, I would say... A jerk. That is, uh, didn't know how to talk to a, a sort of a, an adolescent that was vulnerable. And uh, so what I realized that his intent was to help me and protect me, but the way he said it, all I remembered is how he said it and not what he said. It took me a few years to realize that the intent was to was to uh, protect me. So I think there's a lot of uh, leaders that are very good at what they do, but they don't know how to have an inspiring leadership, a service leadership style. And that's where I think you're, you're both do well as you're, you're emphasizing emotional intelligence. So, Yes, I think that was the first way. And then, of course, I, in our, there's, I think there's um, 70% of leaders, successful leaders, have said that they've had at least one intolerable boss in their career. So, basically, ladies and gentlemen, that means three out of four of you will have or have had an intolerable boss. So it's an issue that needs to be addressed. It's important. And this, 
if the company really wants to keep them because they have a technology or they have an engineering expertise or a medical expertise that they want to keep, I think it gives them to address it and help them transform into more inspiring leadership, uh, give them a chance. Now, again, I want to distinguish the narcissistic lead, uh, the narcissistic person, and that's a medical term. So you can see if you, there's been research work that if you look at their brain, there's certain parts of the brains are blue, which should be uh, yellow or orange. So, uh, if someone gets sheer pleasure uh, already as a child to want to kill their parents or, or hurt animals or torture them, that is a medical problem. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people that their intent is not to hurt, but their style is very hurtful. That's a really good clarification for people, Katrina, because often you'll notice that when we're doing our jobs as coaches, we're trying to understand how to motivate someone to look at things from a more positive perspective, right? To get people to, to recognize what they do that works and what they do that doesn't work. And so if we go at it from a medical perspective we've already handicapped ourselves. We really need to stay out of that, uh, that field of trying to uh, medically treat people. This is really about working with people that are already capable of healthy thinking. They just haven't practiced it very much. Right. Right. A, a good example of that, I totally agree. Uh, you know, and you probably have this in your book, is Steve Jobs. I have kind of my, my most popular blogs on psychology today are, you know, I did a kind of profile, Steve Jobs, you know, um, you know Superman or, um, you know, the opposite of, the, uh, of that. And a lot of it was just taken from everything that's been written him about, you know, being a uh, narcissist. And so in those, um, on Psychology Today, it really kind of goes through the criteria. In psychology, there's like seven criteria for someone to be a narcissist, you know, really focusing more on, the, on themselves, always kind of um, wanting to promote themselves. Everything, everything is, is about them. They can also be abrupt. Um, there's a, a piece of information about Jobs when he went to, I think it was Japan, and you know, working across culture, he got all these special gifts, you know, from them. And you know, how do you uh, show respect for the gifts? He just left all the gifts on the table after the meeting, you know, and didn't show it kind of any any respect. And kind of goes on and on. Um, but anyway, so why don't you say a little bit about, you know, dealing with some of these brilliant leaders? You know, what's what's your way of uh, when they're being a jerk? How do you kind of get in there? Because again, they can turn you off really quick. Um, you know, if, yeah. if they're not feeling like you're stroking their ego the right way. Yes. Well, you have to approach them uh, in uh, what they see 2020 on. So uh, in the beginning, you do stroke them a little bit because that's where they see 2020, that they're doing their high achievers and everything. But you don't stay there. And I don't push coaching. I let them decide because usually they like to have control of situations. What I do is I do uh, qualitative research work and ask them, uh, would they be, there's uh, maybe, there's rumors around about them, and would they be interested? So I try, that's one way of doing it, is to intrigue them about who is talking about them. Make sure that in that feedback you give them, that there's somebody that they respect a lot, so that they will respect the feedback. Because if you just take people that they don't like, uh, they'll say, oh, but that they're all jerks. <laughs> so, right, right. so you integrate. Yes, and then so I then interview, and I do uh, research work, and I obviously protect everyone that I interview, so I neutralize the language, but there's irrefutable data of how that person is perceived, women and men, uh, in different situations. So, uh, I think it's essential to do uh, research work that's with interviews and not a 360-degree feedback system 
because you need the granular detail. Give you an example. Uh, one of my clients was absolutely brilliant, did incredible results, but when she was transposed to an Asian country to develop the Asian markets, well, uh, she, she didn't do well at all. And one of the granular details that was fed back to her was uh, she doesn't communicate well, but I interviewed the person. I said, well, what does that mean? Well, she walked three steps ahead, and every time I asked a question, she rolled her eyes and sighed. So that feedback she was not even aware of. Brilliant she was, but unaware, even in the nonverbals, how what uh, she portrayed, like the gifts on the table and how not addressing those gifts is diminishing the gift or the perception of it. So that's the kind of feedback. And when they see that, if they're high achievers, they also can't stand not being excellent, even in the interpersonal. So at least that's what I attempt to do is to get them to, uh, and also make it look possible for them that they can change and be better. Because sometimes I've had given feedback to an executive that was a big, big guy, and uh, he shook and saying, oh, this is not what I intended. I was joking and everything, but was shaking because uh, so upset by how people perceived him. And then they have to give them the, the hope and the means to do something about it. So in the, the case I just said about this lady... Uh, that she's not aware of her nonverbals is to to make her more aware and give her tangible ways to improve the relationship. And of course, which some people I think omit, and that's why I think cultural assessment is also very important because if you change a leader from being very toxic to suddenly being attentive uh, to their interpersonal relationships, at the beginning it's very awkward. But uh, that's so when they people, they go and ask them about their weekend. Oh, how was your weekend? How's your dog? It's awkward. And they say, oh, my God, what does the person want from me now? This brilliant shirt, what does he want? That could be. So if you don't prepare also the system in which they they return, uh, then they they will be pushed back because they'll be often interpreted as a manipulative system to get their attention. Well, if they know that the person is working on themselves, they say, oh, this is wonderful, and be much more forgiving. So, again, the system has got to be ready for that. The other thing is, if you uh, help transform somebody from being a brilliant jerk to someone inspiring, and then you put them back in the system, that is the organization, it's like putting a recovering, and the the organization values toughness uh, is totally oriented results. Well, it's like putting a recovering alcoholic back with his drinking buddies in the bar. You see what I mean? So there should be, uh, I think, a relationship between what transformation are you really doing for that person or catalyst, because they do it, but you're the catalyst, and uh, how? what system are they going back in so that they're best prepared uh, that it's a success? Because, as we all know, uh, executive coaches leave. And so it's got to be that ch- behavior change needs to be sustainable. So I think that means that the coaching needs to be a certain time so the person doesn't lapse back and really integrates the new behavior. And it has to be considered and what system they go back into, that is, what organization they go back into, and what val- what that organization values so that they're a good understanding and it, it, it's a successful coaching process. No, absolutely. Uh, what you're pointing out here is really critical for people who are doing true uh, coaching work to, to really understand uh, when we're, you know, doing our best, um, I'm sure you as well as, as others recognize that sometimes there are going to be, uh, right, some barriers, 
right, that these folks throw up. Uh, and those, right, those barriers uh, could be, in fact, the condition in which you found them, right? So I love that, yes. uh, Katrina. That's very powerful. So we're going to go to a quick break. We're going to be right back, I promise. You're listening to Leadership Development News. Don't go away. We're going to talk about what are the fears of a brilliant jerk and what are their triggers. We'll talk to you in a minute. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. How can you be brilliant in the moment? Given the daily challenges you face at work and home, how can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses? Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple, trusted, evidence-based tips and tools. They have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams, and your organization. The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program, enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. We're talking to a top performer coach, um, Katrina Burroughs. Who is, you can find her at www.excellentexecutivecoaching.com. She also has a podcast. We're talking about uh, her book, which I'm sure you can get. Uh, well, maybe we'll ask you, Katrina, where, where do you get it? Uh, How to Transform Brilliant Jerks and Inspiring Leaders. But we're going to zero in a little bit more into what are the, so you can diagnose this um, and help, what are the brilliant jerks' fears? And what are some of their triggers? So in regards to your book, can they get that anywhere? Or is there anything particularly you want to say about that? Yes. Uh, the book can be uh, purchased on Amazon. And triggers are very important, I think, for anybody uh, to know what their triggers are. So when do they, when it hits their value system or when they, uh, that they lose control or they get extremely emotional. But for the brilliant jerks, they're, their triggers are often around their, they don't feel that their status is being respected or that uh, they're, they are very concerned about prestige and being recognized for what they have accomplished or the results. And therefore, if there's any threat uh, to the results they want to get, then they usually go into the fight mode. 
So uh, that's uh, that's almost predictable. So they get very anxious if they don't get the results they want. Now, why is that important? Because some some people are confident in who they are, and so let's say it's a combination by who they are and what they achieve. Like when you love your child, you love them for who they are and for what they achieve. But let's say if you loved your child only for what they achieved and only gave them recognition and love when they achieved something, how do you think that pans out later on in life? It's like it's an insecurity that they're only as good as what they they can produce or what the results they can have. So if that's the case, you can almost predict that if they feel insecure or someone has not done their work well, that they will attack them or belittle them. Uh, That's one reaction. Or if they feel that they will not get the recognition, they will attack any competitor. So they can be charming on one hand and then yet all of a sudden turn and be very caustic in another. So, but if you can, uh, in the work with the brilliant jerk, is really what is the underlying issue threat? And I've had brilliant jerk uh, go crazy about not being in the office with the three windows and instead in two, or not being in the top-notch hotel, and go on and on about this and lose a lot of energy because. They feel like they haven't been recognized for their status, uh, and it's uh, it's they need recognition constantly. And I have a an example of uh, there was uh, you know children the the head child the oldest child uh, from immigrant parents put huge amount of pressure for that person to succeed because that was their segue into being recognized in the new culture. And uh, sometimes those children go, they can't stand the pressure, or other times they are totally focused on results at the detriment of anything else because they, they, again, that's that's where they think they can get the recognition. So it's a lot of work, but it's um, very important to know their triggers. We all can be a jerk at times, but uh, under huge stress. But uh, the difference with these uh, billion jerks is that it's they do it over time. Uh, there, it's a constant. But uh, they can be absolutely charming when they don't feel threatened or they want something, and then switch and be very toxic. And that can be destabilizing for employees because they don't know on what foot to dance on. The other thing is a huge cost that they have is that people start reacting towards uh, the mood of the leader, of the brilliant jerk, instead of doing what's best for the company. They say, oh, today we can't talk to him because he's a... He's in a bad mood, so they all huddle together and and don't uh, even communicate eventual problems because they're uh, fearful of that he'll shoot the messenger or she will shoot the messenger. So certain problems don't surface quick enough to be addressed in a timely fashion because people are scared. So these are kind of some of the the costs of these caustic ways of brilliant jerks. So, Katrina, when you think about um, all of the types of of brilliant jerks that all of us have been exposed to and possibly worked with, what are the big mistakes, the big ahas, um, when you're trying to convince a brilliant jerk to accept some coaching? That's a good question. I, you know... I don't force them, as I mentioned earlier, I, uh, I intrigue them. As I mentioned, they, they're, they like to be in control. Uh, they're fearful. Uh, they feel like they are getting all the results. 
why do they need this fuzzy-wuzzy stuff? I mean, they fear that they might be trying to make them soft, and they need, they've succeeded to date by being assertive, alpha, and now they want people, they don't understand that this is uh, trying to make them soft and effective. So a mindset like that is hard to change right away. So I don't. I, I uh, intrigue them, and my first objective is to get them to be intrigued, to know what people think of them, and bring back irrefutable data of how they're perceived, but both in their brilliance and what they what will be the glass ceiling in their career if they don't address it. And sometimes, uh, you know, it's the... The company calls me and says, look, if he doesn't or she doesn't change in six months, we are going to fire them. We can't have this excess turnover, these complaints to HR. So I usually cut that time they give me in half uh, before they have to see that there's visible behavioral change. So, Katrina, one of the things I, I think I heard you say, I just want to maybe repeat it, um, are you kind of getting them engaged in their legacy uh, in, the, in the organization because it would feed into kind of their sense of ego and stuff? Is that kind of what you said? I think you said how they're, how they're feeling when they leave. Uh, yes, their legacy, but also uh, to be sort of intrigued because they're, they are pretty centered on themselves, right? So it's intriguing for them to know what people think of them. See what I mean? Yep. So I'll, I'll leverage that curiosity by bringing them back data. And that data has where they're perceived yeah. as brilliant because that's important, but also uh, what they need to work on to be even better leaders. And it could be legacy because they're blind to the fact that often they're blind to the fact that their, their ways are hurting people. Right. The ways are limiting their career. So if I bring back data that shows where they're limiting their career and, and yeah. basically and, and detailed enough yeah. so that they, smart as they are, know what basically they have to do, but then you need to oh. do it within time so that these behaviors are integrated in their repertoire of behaviors. Did I answer your question? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think that's good. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. this is- and I know that we're kind of coming to time here on on uh, today, and we would love to have you back, uh, Katrina. I was just uh, poking around here at the 19 worst leaders of 2021, uh, and it's a very interesting list of people, uh, most of them uh, entrepreneurs. And so many of them are self-made, you know, so it's very, very hard uh, to get them to listen. I think your idea about intriguing them and bringing them palpable, real data from board members uh, as well as, you know, the people that influence their market is very powerful in addition to just giving them their peer and uh, subordinates feedback. So I've, I've enjoyed uh, this discussion very, very much. Well, thank you, and it's wonderful to be um, questioned by such thought leaders as you and uh, your colleague. Well, Katrina, so, uh, thanks. You know, before yeah. we end, even just a word, because you have some good cross-cultural experience, what, you know, for a coach who doesn't have that cross-cultural experience and now they get clients in different cultures, what's kind of a few of the kind of top things they should do? Well, they should uh, find out what is valued. Uh, you know, there are lists of things that you need to look at and ha- that has been, like Hospital, who's uh, a reference in the cross-cultural. Uh, just see that list of differences between cultures just to get some awareness and then uh, really by questioning. Uh, questioning. Uh, because I think emotional intelligence is fabulous. I think it's really created an insight uh, for coaches, but emotional intelligence, uh, there needs to be cultural intelligence as well because someone can be very emotionally intelligent, but in Russia or in India, 
be perceived as weak, you know. So, let's say because they have more assertive type of leadership. I'm just generalizing, of course. But um, so it needs to be put in context. And what was the source you said? There's someone who's written all about that? Hofstede is a Dutch, and uh, he's uh, all the difference between the cultures. Uh, Can you say that name again? According to... Oh, I can't spell it. Oh, I don't know. I'll I'll put it in the notes. Hofstede. Okay. All right, great. Well, thank you so much for for being a part of of this and, and educating our audience about, you know, what it is uh, to be a brilliant jerk and some of your, your input. And if you want more information, you know, about Dr. Burroughs, uh, www.excellentexecutivecoaching.com. And then, Kathy, you want to say anything as we come to a close here and bring us home? Oh, I've enjoyed this yes. show quite quite a bit, having been an executive at Accenture for many, many years and being an executive nomad myself, I had to learn a lot about the the cultural norms uh, working across different organizations around the world. Yes. But you have been a treasure, uh, Katrina. I've been thank you. Every thank you so with much, you. Kathy. I know our I, audience. I have on my will. website, on my okay. website, excellentexecutivecoaching.com, There's an article on cross cultural global leadership. Oh, beautiful! Uh, you can beautiful. find on global nomads as well. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Well, we hope everybody Thank is you. looking for ways to improve your emotional intelligence skills, whether you're a leader, a coach, a team member, a parent, or law enforcement or Department of Defense military professional helping to keep our democracy safe. We'll talk to you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.